Kelly. Hey there. Girl. So both of us are like hopping on, not feeling 100%. Yesterday you sent me a text like, heads up. (laughs) I don't know if I'm going to make it, Saints. I don't know if I'm going to make it. (laughs) And I was like, you know what? We'll just just deal with it in the morning. We'll just deal with it in the morning. You know, I'm ready to do it by myself if I have to. But if you can't hear through this microphone, I am congested. Um, I am still recovering, even though I'm at the tail end of it from the flu. And I didn't realize the flu like lingered. Like I didn't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, this was uh, going on two weeks ago that I came Mm. down with it. So I went through the, you know, the feverish symptoms and all that. Um, Shut down my whole life to get better. Right. And then the next (laughs) week came and I was like, okay, I feel like I have some energy. So I kind of jumped back into work, but it was still the, the um, congestion and the fatigue, all that was still Mm -hmm. there. It was just getting better day by day by day. And so this is, you know, I'm going into week three. Right. You're supposed to be at hundred percent right now. Right. And all of this (laughs) congestion is still, it's absolutely insane. So I'm like, the flu is no joke. It's no joke. I had the shot too. I, I'm, I'm the, I believe in flu shots. I get the shot. So I'm assuming it would have been worse if I didn't have the shot. I don't know. But anyway, we're here because, you know, we, 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 we recovered. <laughs> <laughs> you can't hear it through my, I just had body pains. It was oh. really weird. It was really no fever, no coughing. It was my body hurt. And honestly, it started a couple of days ago. And so I thought, is this 41? Is this what happens? You just wake up hurting and can't recover. And it just got worse and worse to the point where I was at church and had to leave. And so, yeah, but you, you can't hear that. <laughs> just know that I was not able to move very much. It was kind of scary. And then that I got, is really, scary. got really fatigued too. So it was just like, uh, I'm not sure what's happening here. So I just, you know, I hope ginger ale and lay down. Is that what they tell you to do? Ginger ale, lay down. I did that. I laid down. <laughs> I hope that's not part of your 40 experience. I really All I do. know is that this morning I woke up and started stretching. Like, listen, let's just make this part of my daily routine. I'm uh-huh. still a little bit tight, but yeah, it was, it was, it was as if I'd had a really intense workout and I'm like, yo, I ain't worked out in like two months. Okay. And that could be it too. Get your Maybe life. let's say Get that's what it is. Together. So anyway, let's, I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to sit, yeah. <laughs> to sit upright and to chat it up today. I'm glad you're able to make it too, but you know, we always make room for the recovery. So if at any time it's just one of us, just know there was a reason. All right. But we're both made it here. And I'm so excited today because we get to interview one of my friends. Um, I have known Dr. Ford for, I call her Dr. Evisha. I actually just call her Evisha, but I'm going to, I'm going to put that put doctor some in front of it. it. Yeah, I'll put, put some respect, respect on it. On it. I'm calling on doctor. Dr. Dr. Ford um, on the, um, the recording. But, um, sweetheart of a woman um i knew her before um what she's going to share about is the work that she does and i knew her before she stepped into this um work in this way she's always um served this community in this way but um i'm just so excited to have her she called me 
or Marco Polo me. Marco Polo sometimes feels like a call, but she Marco Polo me on my birthday, which was such a sweet thing to do. I had not spoken with her in years, not since I um, moved to Atlanta. And she sent me a sweet Marco Polo and we just had a little chat um, back and forth. And I was like, you know what? I think you need to hop on this podcast because you have so much to share, so much wisdom and so much insight and perspective for other mom entrepreneurs. And I just feel like you sharing your story is going to help them and inspire them and encourage them. So she is on with me and Kelly today. I just want to share a little bit about her before we hop in. So Dr. Avisha Ford is the founder of the I Can Dream Center in Hazelcrest, Illinois, where they specialize in working with students with intellectual disabilities, autism, and various learning difficulties. She works with various community agencies to build their capacity to support the needs of vulnerable youth via training, resource development, and program evaluation. In July of 2018, she was honored as one of the influential 100 Black women in Chicago for her educational contributions. Dr. Fort was recognized by the Professional Women's Network as a community igniter in July of 2019. And in winter, 2019, she also received the Page Award for her impact within the special needs community. In her spare time, I love that, that makes me laugh, in her spare time, <laughs> Dr. Ford enjoys traveling with her friends and her two sons, scuba diving and participating in book clubs. You all, I hope you enjoy um, chilling out, sipping on some coffee or some tea, Stick in your earbuds and get to know my friend, Dr. Ford. Eddie, drop the intro. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Moms Call to More podcast. I'm Deanna Mason, founder of Refresh Moms and business coach with the Moms Call to More membership community, where Kelly and I help moms create financial fulfillment and freedom while keeping God first in their business. And I'm Kelly Reese, founder of and speaker with Ministry and Mothering, where I help moms replace anxiety and guilt with fulfillment and joy by breathing biblical truth into everyday realities. We've come together to provide support to other moms that feel God calling them into more, whether you're a writer, speaker, minister, pastor, blogger, product or service creator, or anything in between. Our hope is that you hear something that inspires you and pushes you a little further in your purpose and in your parenting. We pray that you are encouraged by the truth, empowered by the sisterhood, and enabled with the tools you need to move you and your business forward. Get cozy, grab your favorite drink, and let's jump right in. Here we go. Welcome, Dr. Ford. We appreciate you being with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are, your family, the work you do? Just tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Absolutely. Good morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. And thank you guys so much for having me. I am I'm so honored. Um, I guess in a nutshell, I would describe myself as an adventure seeker. I've always <laughs> been that. And I feel like this work, who I am, my crazy little family is an extension of all of that in every way. So I have worked with the special needs community or with students with disabilities, gosh, for since 2007, 2004, wow. maybe. <clears throat> I started my career as a um, social worker and I worked with homeless youth and got recruited and did quite a bit of training in that role to, in that role to build capacities for 
agencies serving that population. And in one of the trainings that I was facilitated, uh, facilitating, I got recruited by Chicago Public Schools, which really was life-changing for me. Yeah. Um, in my work with CPS, um, I was charged to provide behavioral, special, behavioral services and connections to resources for um, young children with disabilities or whose families may have just needed some extra support. It was so eye-opening for me into the world of disability services and the laws that govern that. And um, it just really set my life on a different So um, I went on and became the director of special education um, in, the South, in the South Suburban School District. And um, previously I was working with early childhood and I started to work all the way with the opposite end of the spectrum. Here in Illinois, we have school districts that um, are either K-12 or, I'm sorry, uh, AA or high school. Some are unit districts, but most are broken up in that way. Mm -hmm. And so it really allowed me to understand um, servicing students at a different end of the age spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, in the process, um, went back to school, got a doctorate degree, focused on programming for students with special needs, um, got married, and um, actually started working in higher ed. And my thought process was that I would need more time to um, work with um, to start a family and be more present. And so um, what happened is that I, again, began to understand different needs and the needs of the professionals in the field, like mm -hmm. from a teaching perspective. And so um, it's been an exciting, exciting journey. Um, mom of two rambunctious little boys, <laughs> one five-year-old going on 45 and <laughs> one, <laughs> he has a wit that and insight about life. I can't even um, wrap my mind around most of the time. And a three-year-old who is always smiling and incredibly yeah. articulate and a whole handful. He's wild. <laughs> oh my <laughs> so, goodness. <laughs> So yes, it's been exciting. He really is always smiling. When every picture you post, his smile is what stands out. He has the most amazing, charismatic smile. Oh it my just goodness. draws you it. in. <laughs> it, it's so beautiful. You got to see it. Okay, so tell us why you transitioned from your work with CPS into starting your own center. What was the catalyst for that for you? That is a great question. You know, my work when I became the director of special education in the South suburbs, um, I got a different understanding of the way budgeting processes went and what we call continuum of services in my field. And I'll just sum that up by saying that we try to serve students in the environment that is most natural to them. So mm -hmm. the least restrictive. And so um, a part of my function um, in the suburban school district was to build programming for those students, which is why it was the focus of my dissertation work. Like what are the features programmatically that make a difference for outcomes for this population of students? And so um, I got into a rhythm. I got to be a program building machine. I think in the five years I was there, I wrote and got four or five various programs to serve different segments of students off the ground, save our district millions of dollars, wow. and um, saw really great outcomes for the students. And so at the end of my tenure there, um, I really saw a vision for a group of students that we were missing. They just were not benefiting from 
the things we had in place for the other students and a group of students that were so close to my heart that were truly falling through the cracks. And um, I went to my superintendent at the time and I said, hey, you know my track record with building programs. I know how to staff. I know how to add the services. I know how to find the space. And I'd done a lot of legwork to find us a community for the program. And he said, no, it's not the right time because yeah. we're in the middle of um, collective bargaining. And um, I kind of thought through that and it didn't sit well with me because I knew I could list, I had a list of 30 students who were already ready wow. in the school district of 5,000 who I knew would drop out of high school that year or who would exit services unprepared. And so what I know about those students is that they end up a part of our criminal justice system. Yes, and absolutely. so um, in my renewal process this year, they're saying, they asked me, the state asked me to say, why do we exist? And I said, because we have to be a part of interrupting the school to prison pipeline. Yes. We have these students with these disabilities that aren't visible um, and they're not prepared and or they have uh, struggles in school that aren't allowing them to earn the credits that they need for graduation. They're becoming discouraged and dropping out. So we yes. already know what those statistics say. Yeah. Um, so long story short, um, I went home to uh, my husband and I said, what do you think if, if we start making preparation to do this pro for me to just do this program? And he said, well, you've been talking about it since I met you. So let's do it. <laughs> And so um, I took my first business class because I know about program development. I didn't know about business and that's important. Yes. <laughs> really say, important. Nugget right there. Yes. yes. Um, and uh, we just got started. I used the same blueprint. I tweaked it just a little bit because I wasn't confined with, I didn't have the confines that are germane to the public school district. And so I was able to build a team that work later on some nights and that where we do things on Saturdays because we know that you can't pack everything into a five-day school week yeah. where we're here to six o'clock for parents because we know that if you have to work um, you can't always get to your child at three and some of them quite frankly don't need to be at home unattended during that time so some can't and some don't need to be so yeah um so I'm just grateful so that's why we started the program um, and honestly I was a little nervous when it was time and I remember looking through our first space and um and God just dropping in my spirit like this is it start signing the lease now and I thought wait what now and I said maybe in two years he said no now and I said you mean next year so my type a self needs to see the beginning yes. the middle, and the end okay. and I didn't see it at that moment and so <laughs> yes but when I say that I'm so grateful for that yes and God has truly honored that yes time and time again and so um, I was nervous, but it really gave me a chance to really learn how to lean and rely on him. Yeah. I, I'm like, okay, I, put the outro music in. That was the podcast. That was, awesome? there was so much and I'm not going to talk because I'm trying to stay on track. But there was so much you said, Dr. Visha, that stirs me up as a um a business coach, you know, that's like my main role with the women, but um, my deeper desire for them is what you just described. I want them to learn the power of obeying as God directs. Yes. Um, because yes, I have skill sets in business, but as a faith woman, as a God woman, it's like, I know that if you can integrate that dream 
that I believe God put in your heart with him helping you order your steps, that's where the magic is. It's not all about how much, how fast can I get to six figures? How, how many, you know, people can I get to follow me on Instagram? It's like, no, we're missing it. We're missing it. Not when you're trying to do it as God leads, you know, that that's how the world does it. And you know what? And it works. (laughs) It's marketing. It works. Mm -hmm. The principles of marketing work. And I'm here for teaching principles of marketing, but my goodness, how much more impact will we have if we take what we know and submit it before God and allow him to order our steps. And you've said so much, even this speaking to my heart and, and why you even started the center. And I, I have such a heart for the urban community and you just described one of the biggest catalysts um, to failure um, in our community is the, 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 um, the school system failing our black and brown kids in this area. And then turning around and failing them again post-graduation <laughs> because they're now having to, to um, they don't have the skill set to have options after graduation and they fall into our criminal justice system in order Absolutely. to just survive. <clears throat> just survival is what drives many of these um, youth there. So anyway, that just blessed me when you just shared your vision and your heart. And I know the, the work that you do and it's just like, it's so powerful. I'm going to shut up. That's all I'm going to say, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I, I, mm-hmm. Can I, I say something? Yeah. Yes. So you, you talked about like prayer and being an entrepreneur and I have a, um, a meme and it says prayer is part of my business strategy. And I've seen a lot of people post that and they think, oh, this is just something cute to say. But no, I mean that with every fiber of my being. Yes. <laughs> because yeah. I feel like, you know, at this point we live in a society that sort of uh, makes it glamorous to say I fired my boss. I'm my own entrepreneur, yes, and they, yep. and really with no understanding of the stones that you will most certainly use as pillows when you get started. Mm. That's what people don't tell you. That is hard. It's really hard. Mm. And if you're a person of faith, that's what you have to lean on is prayer and the know that you know that this is what you're supposed to be doing, mm. even in the most difficult moment. Hey, if what Dr. Avisha is sharing right now is resonating with you around praying for your business and how we all are in desperate need of staying connected with the Father as we grow our businesses and trust Him as we you know, work every day in our businesses, I want to invite you to download my five daily prayers for mompreneurs. These prayers were written out of my heart. These are things that I pray for around my business on a regular basis. And I just thought it'd be great to put them in a format for you to be able to download, not necessarily to pray word for word, but to give you some specific targeted words to pray over certain areas in your work. So I have five prayers. You can pray for your customers, which isn't it a joy to be able to pray and and bring your customers before the father praying for confidence and boldness for you to step out in your purpose and to trust God with the plan that he has for your life, praying around your income needs and your income goals. I think that we can pray about money issues and money desires. We can bring those to the father and I believe he hears and he answers us and he definitely directs us praying around your motives, making sure your motives as you're working to um, increase your 
income or to build income streams around your passion and purpose, just making sure your motives are staying aligned with what God desires for you and divine relationships, praying that God brings the exact right relationships into your life that allow you to collaborate and work together to reach the people that God has for you to serve. You can download these five prayers at bit.ly forward slash five daily prayers. Once again, that's bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash the number five daily prayers. You can grab them in the show notes and I look forward to seeing you on the other side. Now back to our interview with Dr. Avisha. The measure of success is different. It's, you know, God is not asking us to know marketing before he tells us to step out. He didn't say, go learn the thing, even though I'm, a, I'm all about educating and, and, you know, you did exactly what I would do. Well, let me go get some skill set. You know, right. I have an expertise. Let right. me go learn how to run business around what I'm expert at. That's, I teach that all the time. But God is not waiting for us to go get certified. God is not waiting for He's not waiting for us to, well, let me go learn Instagram marketing. He's like, are you changing? What are you doing with what I told you to do today? Mm -hmm, What mm -hmm, are you doing with what mm -hmm. I told you to do this week? You have people that are following you right now. You have lives that are in your circumference right now. What are you doing with them? And they can't wait. Many of them can't wait for you to get to 10,000 followers so you can get a swipe up feature. They can't wait for that. Mm. Yeah. They're, they're needing transformation now. And you have kids that you, you could count 30 kids just off the top of your head. Probably. Mm -hmm. I know 30 kids that are about to be launched unprepared and they can't wait for me to decide, okay, I'm ready. God is like, what you going to do? What you going to do? And there was just so much about what you said, but, um, yes. I co-sign everything on that second comment. So Kelly, once again, <laughs> I'm going to shut up. <laughs> I'm going to just shift gears just a little bit. Um, you mentioned your, your family. You've got two rambunctious, beautiful boys um, that you and your husband adopted. Would you mind just sharing about your unique family journey, how you guys sure. arrived at that decision? Absolutely. So I had actually arrived at that decision long before uh, I even met my husband that it was something that it was a way that I wanted to grow my family. And so I remember when I thought, oh, this is getting serious. Like, I think this dude's about to propose, <laughs> but there's one piece we haven't covered yet. <laughs> so I remember sitting in my car in front of my place and he was in my car and we we're sitting. I said, I have a question. He said, what? I said, are you open to adoption? And he paused for a second. He was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, oh, yes. <laughs> I was like the one last little uh, piece that we hadn't talked about, not for any reason other than it just hadn't come up yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, I guess I would say it's always been on my heart and I'll say I made it. My mom always jokes, I made it um, because of actually a failed adoption she had, which was a family adoption didn't work. And um, she, it's a, it's a, it's a lighthearted sort of joke now, but she's like, oh, if it hadn't been for Jackie, like you wouldn't, you may have not have made it here basically. So she was, um, she had, that's a, a whole long story. I won't go into that whole thing. But what I will say is that um, we, after being married a few years, we decided that, yeah, we want to start having children. Mm-hmm. And so I'd watch many friends around me from various church communities go through the adoption process. And in my 
hard. I mean, I just thought, oh, it's going to take two, three, maybe four years. And so what I thought is that we would have biological children first. Mm. Um, And so what I didn't know is that for Black expectant mothers, the wait time is much shorter. So if you are a white mother and you're expectant, you have probably 25 to 30 families to choose from. You're a Black expectant mother and um, you're looking through families, you probably have an average four or five families to choose from. And so I had never, I didn't know enough to even account for the shortened time process for um, Black moms. And so um, we literally finished our home study. We started our home study process in January, finished in like, like I think maybe the day before our son was born in May. And so he came early. That's, that's him. That's him. So he, um, he was expected in, I think, mid-June, and he was born May 29th, and we were literally finishing up the final touch maybe the day before we got the call that she was in labor. So um, wow, it was really exciting. It was such an exciting time. And um, I remember it being quick. I remember it was like all of a sudden Evisha has a... a right. And we had it actually so it's interesting because there's a term in the adoption world called uh, pregnant on paper. And so there's a real delicate balance about when to actually begin to share that out. Yes. And so um, we hadn't even really had a time to really share with all our family and friends that this is what we were doing. And so it's just, I think our parents knew and that was it. Like we hadn't talked about it broadly and a few other close friends because I mean, the week before he was born, um, we were scrambling together a nursery. In fact, mm-hmm. uh, my baby child was after he was already born because he yeah. was early. So, um, yeah, it was fast. It was really fast mm-hmm. and exciting. And so um, my second son was totally a surprise for us. And um, we knew that they have the same biological mom. And so we knew she was expecting again. And we had reached out to her and said, do you need anything? What's going on? And um, she had a different adoption plan within our family and it didn't work out and so we um we knew i mean we had seen her pregnant and you know seen ultrasounds and stuff we knew it was a boy we didn't know he was our son Mm -hmm. and so um we got a call the day he was born that in fact he was coming wow um are my little angel his middle name's angel my last my little angel baby because he was definitely a surprise of course three weeks after i gave gave away all my newborns so that's a- exactly <laughs> exactly that's how it works that's how it goes yeah Man. so yeah so beautiful um, yep that's our story oh my god and since then i've joined the advisory board for the cradle sayer center and so i want to encourage people that are interested to be a part of that process and mm. to understand it and I've hosted uh, World Adoption Day is in November and so I've hosted lunches at my house with friends that have been interested in the adoption process and it's so interesting because everybody's journey is so different yeah my friends that have adopted internationally mm-hmm. um, friends people that I've become friends with through like online adoption communities and um, it's just it's been a really beautiful um, journey and connection people around the world yeah it's such yeah. a beautiful community mm-hmm. I, um, I have friends that are adoptive parents and just seeing the community that they surround themselves with is just really to me extraordinary um, and I love to see that community with African-American families and African-American children I mean it's just it's something special I know that African-American children are not necessarily adopted into black families all the time, but it's just something so special 
um, when you actually see black children being paired with black parents. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I was going to say what's funny is that on two fronts that I was clear that I always wanted to be a boy mom, like whether they were biological or otherwise, I always wanted to be a boy mom and that's what the Lord sent. But, um, I, but I specifically was looking to adopt black boys because they're yes. usually the, the last to get selected for mm-hmm. a lot of reasons, especially just that people feel more comfortable about having a girl in their yeah. house when they're, it's new. But, um, I always joke that God has a sense of humor because, I wanted to be a boy my whole life. I thought about boys and I realized God answered my prayer, but it wasn't for the reason I thought. I think if I had a girl, I would have thought, oh, I got this. I know what to do. The truth mm. is I wouldn't have known what I would, I, what to do, but yeah. I would have thought I did. And so having these two boys keeps me on my knees praying every yes. day saying, Lord, give me a strategy. Tell me what to do with them. They're yours. <laughs> Girl. I don't want to return them to you. So tell me on what to do. Knees. Yeah, girl. so they so really he gave me the boys so I can stay in prayer mm. and like asking for a strategy. And um so I wouldn't be blissfully ignorant about girl. what I thought I knew. What were you gonna say, Kelly? So I was gonna say <laughs> that girl would have <laughs> Oh <laughs> Well my girls, they my boys keep me on my knees. My girls are they, they are at a stage where they cling to me and I'm mm. praying, Lord, allow me to keep them close because I, to be honest, I get easily irritated. Like give me physical space or get scooped over. But it's like, who would you rather them be clinging to? Mm. Well, no, but it's that, but definitely with boys. And I'm so thankful um, for my husband because my boys are now um, 13, 12 and nine. And this is the stage where they're starting to lean into him. Mm. You know, and so it, it's definitely both. But I, I understand whether it's a, a son, a daughter, a dog, whatever. The Lord will use whatever and whomever <laughs> he needs to keep us humble. And, you know, especially as Humble, that's the word. And we've been in the system. Yes, we've been in the humble. system. I done taught for how many years and did all this. I think I know what I'm doing. And clearly the Lord is like, let me show you how much mm. you need me. But that, I love your story. It is so I I'm sitting here like... Like Lola, I'm, I'm good at five kids, but that just made my heart kind of <laughs> lean me in a little bit, and I had to bring it back together. I love watching her on social with those babies, her beautiful sons. It's it, it's a blessing to watch you guys journey through parenthood. It really is. Okay, so here's the question: because I've known you pre and post kids, I want to know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> what happened <laughs> when those kids got added to the entrepreneurial story how did that impact you and what kind of shifts did you do, do you are you aware of that had to be made in order to make room for what god was telling you to do on both sides because i'm sure he was involved in instructing you around adoption mm. but he didn't let up on the i can dream center either so tell me tell me absolutely so what happened is I started to see my hairstylist more to dye my roots a lot more frequently. <laughs> I started spending money on getting uh, injections so that <laughs> I needed some B12 and a whole lot of stuff just to hold it together. So laughing, but very serious. Okay. So what's funny is that, I don't know if you remember this, Deanna, but we started the Icon Dream Center um, and then one year later, uh, Nolan was born. Yes, I do. And so um, he was a summer baby. And so the first thing I did was get permission from my pediatrician to actually have him out and about. And so 
Um, he basically stayed strapped to me for yeah. the first nine months. He was in a Moby child right at this desk and I was working and he was strapped to the front of me. That's yeah. what happened. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why, Kelly, when you talked about your daughters wanting to be close to you all the time, I thought that's the story with my oldest child. He is definitely a mama's baby. And um, he is up under me. But I said, I guess he was up under me for so so long. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just had to figure out how to do it. And I had a, a playpen in my office. I don't know if you remember that. There was yeah, a playpen I, I in do. the corner of my office. I remember all and of them. so. I remember having a phone call with a, one of our a legal counsel for something. And she said, is that a baby I hear in the background? <laughs> Say, yes, it is. It's my son waking up from a nap. So let's hurry up and wrap up. <laughs> but, um, you know, what I'll say about managing a household and um, being a wife and having children is that um, it's important to know what season that you're in mm. and to be able to um to be present of mind, because I think we can get so busy and caught up in the things that um, don't have lasting importance that we miss the important moments. And I'll be the first to say that I have definitely not always gotten that right. Yeah. yeah. And it's something that the Lord has disciplined me about plenty of times. And I feel like it's, I have a new resolve in this season to be more present and to use the flexibility that I have to show up for them at the times that count. And so um, it's, it was difficult, you know, to be up at night, you know, with <clears throat> newborns and through the night and then still have deadlines to meet the next day. So uh, the problem with being in business for yourself is there's, there's, you don't call, there's no calling in right. and particularly a brick and mortar business where you have employees. And so saying I have children, I feel responsible for them in one way. In a different way, I realize that I have employees, full-time employees who are relying on me to do my part so that they can feed their families. Yes. Mm. And so I bear the weight of that and um, also feel responsible that in the, in the times when I'm the most stressed, I have life happening with me, that I still need to show up, coach them and encourage them. And that um, that's what God's called me to as a leader. Yeah. It's not just, you know, being the boss, but there's a responsibility and a weight that goes along with leading people. And so even when you're struggling, you still have to show up for them. You still have and to so, show up. It requires a great deal of um, emotional heavy lifting at times. And so it's been important for me to do the traveling that we talked about so that I can recharge. That is what I know refills my tank. Um, I have gotten into uh, bodybuilding over the last few years. And so I'm in the gym four days a week lifting weights for vanity. I'm going to be honest. But also, I mean, <laughs> because, <why not? laughs> because that time is really my in the moment, present time yes. for myself. Yes. And so I've oh. figured out ways that I, what I need to do to show up well and to show up um, for the people that are counting on me, my children, uh, my team members, spouse, like all of that is important. Mm. So um, <clears throat> I think that answers your question. How has yeah. it changed? I don't actually remember being an entrepreneur before children yeah I don't remember it um there was a six-month period before we were pregnant on paper that we had the eye injuries I can't even really recall that was like but what I will say is that um this fall when we came to this new school year was my first time with Ike and Dream Center as a single focus. So I was also the assistant superintendent in a local school district for five years while running the Ike and Dream Center. Talk about grace for a season. Yeah. Like how the heck was I doing that? Yeah. Um, I don't I don't even know. Like when I think about it now, it seems ridiculous. 
but I did it for five years. So I don't know. Like, so relinquishing that role and trusting God, if they know I'm walking, I'm going to follow your leading and walk away from that so I can focus from it. And such a blessing. And so now, um, my other job, because my oldest son just went to kindergarten. He doesn't always transition well, though he's done fabulously. I'm grateful. Um, is I volunteer in his school three times a month. And so I'm in my li- my library, as he calls it, your library. Um, I'm in the library and I'm in his class um, a couple times a month. So that's been good. And um, just to be present for them. It feels great, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you because I didn't, I I remember you telling me that you had just let that go when we talked in January, that there was a recent transition for you. But I remember you doing both. Because when I knew you, you were doing both. I remember you making a decision. I remember when you were trying to figure out if you're going to take that position. I remember those conversations. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just amazing, you know, the journey, uh, which I think is so important for people to hear that because I know you mean you Kelly that you're you you're kind of at a fork in a road yeah yeah because yeah. you have this thing that you are nurturing and building and it's actually you're you're starting to see it um, right. accelerating the momentum <laughs> around it accelerating and you are you also have a a work commitment during the week. Exactly. And then when that work commitment is also a hard thing, so I'm in education as well, mm. it's not as easy to just, you feel like you're letting some people go, mm. you know, and, yeah. and stuff, yeah. but knowing that you got to still make a choice. Yeah. So like, I'm sitting here just totally captivated, like, oh, can we get it back together? But that is awesome. Yeah. Can I ask you about the travel? Because, you, okay, <laughs> so you're your wife, your mother, and an entrepreneur, and you go like <clears throat> how do we i'm saying we help the people help me out <laughs> how do we make that happen i'm just like let me tell us teach <laughs> yes so i'll say that's always been a part of me so i did it wasn't anything that just popped up one day and i said you know what now i'm gonna do this it's yeah. always been a part so there was no shock to my household when i said this is what's happening um but as i explained to deanna once a lot of planning it really takes a lot of planning mm-hmm. and i think um, I always joke that when I'm out of town or out of the country, you can come into my house and run it because that's how <laughs> well played the plans are. Mm-hmm. So I literally create a, a hour to hour schedule. That's a block schedule where everybody's supposed to be, what's supposed to happen. Um, <clears throat> and then I'm preparing meals and having those easy to grab and I'm stocking up on what the kids need and thinking about their homework and usually if I'm going to be gone at a time when they're well my oldest son now that he's in school I've gotten his homework done in advance so that we're not well and he's like wait what why we have to do all this that's (laughs) you know why that's a good yeah I'm I'm, I am like I can't even tell you what you're doing to me right now I'm like So what's happening is that on the first day that I leave, I'm exhausted because I've spent so much time planning to leave all this time. Uh, So one thing I figured out is our mornings are, I'm a morning person. My oldest son's a morning person. Um, Their dad and my youngest are not. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) I try to make things smooth. So anyway, as a habit, I lay out their clothes for the whole week, right? Like Mm -hmm. everybody's clothes Sunday night, five days, I am ready to roll. So when I'm traveling, I have that too. So however long I'm gone, that's all ready. So really I want 
anybody to step in and be able to figure out what to do in a mindless way. Let me have to think at it. Just go look at that little chart and figure out what you done made sub plans. Yeah, that's exactly, exactly, yeah, that's exactly what I yes. do. It's sub plans. That's exactly what I, I have sub plans in place. Absolutely. Where, where, where have you been? Like, so where are some of the places you've been? That's such a hard question. I've traveled a lot of places. So my, my goal before 30 was to travel to every continent, which I did okay. except for Antarctica. So I've been to, um, most recently, I just got back from Singapore and from Bangkok and Phuket. And that was amazing. Um, last year, I spoke at an autism conference in Kenya. And so I took advantage of the time and actually took my mom to South Africa on the first end of that. And believe it or not, we struggled with if we were going to take the boys or not, just because of the safari piece. And I knew they would just love that mm -hmm. and ultimately decided not to because of the malaria um, vaccination requirements. And so um, they stay home with their dad. <clears throat> but I definitely do plan to have them experience that. Um, I've been to Sydney. I had a girlfriend who was working there and I spent time there. And um, to lots of parts of Europe, I actually backpacked Europe um, just out of undergrad. And so I spent a summer around there going wherever the, the wind took us. And so yeah. um, lots of places. I was an exchange student. So my first um, travel experiences were to Latin America. I think I remember taking a family trip in junior high, we went to Mexico. And so it kind of wet my whistle for Latin America. I was just mm. starting Spanish classes. And so um, I lived a semester in Buenos Aires in Argentina. Wow. So <clears throat> a lot of fun places. It's been a blessing. And so when I moved out of um, my parents home when I was 27, one of the things I needed to do before I did that was to pay off bills, right? Because I wanted to have so much money saved and to pay my bills. And I felt okay with the credit card debt. And I'm not suggesting anybody to have credit card debt. Please don't hear that. But I was okay with it because I hadn't yeah. spent money on shirts and bags and yeah. I spent money on making memories. So mm -hmm. if someone said, let's go, I said, how soon do I need to pack? And mm -hmm. so, um, and, uh, you know, I spent the next the year before I moved out paying it off, but I was okay with it because yeah. I had so many great memories to kind of hold on to. Yeah. Time. So on a sun, on a funny note, um, about half my girlfriends don't have children. And I so was going to ask that too. That was going to be like a little follow up. Go ahead. Half and half, half and okay. half. And so one of them, well, there, so there was a meme that came out on social media and it's like friends without kids are like, let's go to Africa on Friday. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I have a girlfriend, I tagged her and I said, this is you. This is literally you. And she was like, that is true. She once invited me to go with her to Mexico. It was probably 6 a.m. And she's like, I see this flight is wide open. Can you go this morning? I'm like, so you mean like in three hours? Like get up and get back for the airport I right now? I was her. like, I love her. Whoever clearly she with is. no children. That's my life. Whoever she is just got me a ticket to Miami on Friday. For me, it wasn't, I had to get over the obstacle of like the um the the thought process like oh how are you doing all of this traveling and you have these kids and you ought to and you ought to and what yeah. I realized is that for me what I know about myself is that I have a lot on my plate and so if I'm going to show up present and prepared I need to do what I need to do to fuel that yeah. and so for me I know what I need is I need to be away because I can't do it in Chicago. I need to be away at least once yes. every six weeks, even if it's just like this weekend, a 48-hour trip. She said, <laughs> did you just see her time? Her time? Once every six, six weeks. weeks. I thought she was going to say month. I'm here for it. 
I'm, but I'm not talking about a vacation, right? To be clear, I'm talking I about don't a weekend care. getaway. I don't care what you're talking about. You said <laughs> once every six weeks. In order for her to show up prepared and there's another P because you know, I was talking about the alliteration. <laughs> use the P word. We're going to figure out what Prepared and present. and present. And present. Right. Like, that's a power statement right there. Can I also say something else about that? Talk about a life hack. For me, if I have something I'm looking forward to, it keeps my mind focused and excited, not just on being present in the day to day because I'm excited about this thing to come, but my meal, my, my meal prepping at the gym because I want to look good where I'm going. So yes. it helps me to focus all the way around and be looking forward to this thing, whatever the thing is. And so um, he finds all kind of cheap tickets like that for me pretty frequently, but it's just, I just need a 48 hours. I need to not have a little person under my armpit mm. while I'm sleeping <laughs> just one time once a month mm. or so, you know, to not have, you know, somebody standing over me breathing when I wake open my eyes. So it's every once in a while. I just want <laughs> to take up a collection. Yeah. I'm, here's what I, want. I have a different question and we're going to wrap this up after this Kelly, but I have a different question. I think this is important because I know my ladies, I know some of my listeners and I still, I know the hangups are financial. Mm-hmm. So I want to just, spend just a little bit of time for the lady that is listening to this and they're like, that's out of reach for me. Mm. Um, Let's just give them some to do's or some things to consider because I'm just thinking through like the women in my membership community, these women that have children, you know, multiple children, the oldest is kindergarten. They got, you know, they're you know they're mm-hmm. nursing up until kindergarten and, and they have more than two kids you know i'm just thinking of these when I'm, I'm thinking of a a homeschool mom of um six right now that's in the group and i'm just, just one of seven is i think it's the one i'm thinking we're the same one i think she has seven, seven. I said six but she really mm-hmm. has seven right and i'm just thinking through our moms and i know when they hear this what goes through their head is yeah that's not for me Yep. That's out of reach. Can I say, can I say this, Deanna? Traveling doesn't refuel everybody in the same way. If that's not your thing, it's not your thing. It might be for somebody carving out an hour just to go to the gym a couple times a week. So Mm -hmm. if that's not worth, or maybe just being able to sit in the chapel for an hour and pray by yourself, especially Mm -hmm. if you're surrounded with people all the time. So what I need to show up isn't the same thing the next person needs to show up. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. Just travel has always been who I am I yes. mean, since I was 15. I've been traveling alone. So that's, that's who I am as a person. Mm-hmm. So, so let's take the excuse. Cause no matter what your refueling thing is, the, the underlying truth is you need to refuel. You do. And then let's not make excuses on why we can't refuel. And so however that looks, and even if travel is a desire, you don't have to travel, you know, past an Airbnb in your city, if that's what what your season is, you really, you know, it can look different, but the idea is what refuels you, what refills you, and you've got to make room for that. And you don't necessarily, (laughs) I'm going to get in trouble saying this. I want your partner i want your husband to be on board but he don't have to be okay because you're going to drive yourself in the ground waiting for approval because he may not understand 
okay? I'm saying this just to a group of, a small group of women who this might be the case, because I've talked to these women before. Sometimes you don't have to wait for permission to make this plan, okay? Sometimes it's just good enough to know that you need it. Because if you wait for them to understand that you need it, it may be detrimental to your well-being. Okay, it's really important for you to hear that. Now, I'm not saying not have conversations with your spouse. I am not saying let's not bring the whole family on board. That is the ideal scenario that everybody buys into this need. But not every marriage is necessary to the point where they can understand that, that you need that unique need. My husband didn't understand and to this day still doesn't understand the sacrifice of my home for me to homeschool. Mm. He doesn't know what that <clears throat> felt like. He doesn't, he didn't understand when Saturdays came, when I said, I am not the primary parent. If you need to step out, if you need to go to your meetings or go, you do your things, I need you to prepare childcare because I'm, I'm not doing it. And he didn't get it. And it wasn't that I didn't want to be present for my kids. It was like, do you not understand that they are under me 24 seven? And I'm asking for one day to just not be the primary parent. Now, if a kid comes with me with a limb hanging off or they're bleeding, I'm not saying I ain't going to take care of my babies. I am just saying that is like the exception. I need you. Cause he would be like, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go to this four hour training. Who's taking, I would ask him who's taking care of the kids. And he looked at me like I'm crazy. He didn't have to understand for me to need that. Right. Okay. Cause right. I knew I needed it because guess what was happening? Monday was coming and I was going to jump right back into the homeschool schedule. So he didn't have to get it. I just needed, I just need you to know that I'm saying I need it and I'm making a plan for it. I think that, oh, I was going to say, I think one way to sort of, to, help someone else understand <clears throat> the need is if they have to have the responsibility for a while. So if you spend all day Saturday and Sunday as a primary parent, you know how you feel come Sunday night. Now multiply that. So exactly. that's, that's the feeling. That's the yeah. feeling. So like we all need a rest. And actually the thought process has been of planning every month and a half or so to get away. I was in a, a small group church for married couples and one of the women said that that's, that her and her husband just had an agreement that every once a month or every other week on a Friday night, she would just check into a hotel by herself. And I thought, that's interesting. Of course, this is before children. At that time, the only thing we were figuring out is what exhibit to go to, what restaurant was opening. So I couldn't even fathom like that need. And so, um, but I remembered her saying that. And yeah. I was like, you know what? That's so wise. And um so some, to your point, it doesn't necessarily have to be because the goal is to rest, right? To refuel. Mm -hmm. And for me, to be honest, sometimes I get that same charge just from having a small dinner with three or yes. four yes. friends or just being able to get out on a date. Like that, those, that has the same like refueling power mm -hmm. as almost the same as getting away yeah. for a few days. And so it doesn't necessarily have to be going someplace far. <laughs> it could really be in <laughs> But it's planning. It's like anything. Mm -hmm. And um, hoping to be able to share the, the need. Yeah. And, and, get, and getting family and friends on board to help, too. I mean, because it's a village. It yes. is. Both Amen. grandmothers are helping and stopping by and checking on. We have a nanny who's available, who, who's there and who's, you know, taking over responsibility. So there's everybody is on board. I want to close with this. 
So can you think of, um, as you look across your business, can you think of an obvious God encounter that you've experienced as an entrepreneur? Does a, a circumstance or a situation or a happening um, stand out to you? Um, something that caused your dependency on God to be deepened mm -hmm. or to be strengthened? Can you share what that is before we hop off? So I thought of a, a couple, but I'll share the one um, that was the most like clearly God moment. So we're, you know, having a brick and mortar business means paying a lease each month. And for those who have never entered into a commercial lease, it's a whole different world. And so um, at some point, our lease payment was more than our mortgage payment. And um, it was probably maybe in the first year or so that we were in business. And I thought, oh my goodness, I'm not sure how we're going to do this payment mm -hmm. this month. And um, the state was sort of slow on sending some checks. And I was like, oh my goodness. So I had uh, tickets to this luncheon, this women's luncheon. And I went, actually it had to be in the first two years because it was with the mother of a staff person though, who was there at that time. So it had to be our second year. And um, went to this luncheon and I met this woman and she said, oh, I really like what you're doing. And she said, how can I help? And um, I don't remember what I said, but I gave her our information. And so literally maybe two days before our lease payment was due, um, she sent a donation in the exact amount that we were short that month. And I knew it was the Lord and, and really reassurance to me that this is my plan. These are my children and I'm going to take care of them. And so that's really been my posture since then. And even now we're looking for a new location and it's a slow process. And um, I just, I'm remind, reminded of that promise. These are my children. This is my plan and I'm going to take care of them. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I know you have a plan. I'm just waiting on you to reveal it to me. This conversation has just been for me personally, very refreshing mm -hmm. um, and very much reminders. What you just said, like, you know, God saying, this is my plan. These are my children. It's my responsibility to take care of you or to take care of the, to take care of things. And I'm like, Lord, thank you for that reminder mm -hmm. because it is so easy to just see the plan and take it on ourselves and carry the yes. weight of it. So that was such an awesome, powerful reminder. Along with this entire conversation, I think one of my favorite parts is, was just how you were talking about how the, the frequent trips for you or just basically your way of refueling, how that keeps you going. And I'm sitting here like, that is so true because I get to travel a little bit and every time I'm preparing, it's a different sort of rhythm I have. There's kind of this, um, oh, you can get on my nerves today, but uh, tomorrow I'm gone. Exactly, exactly, exactly. You've got all the patience even, in the world. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Just, just don't break sudden, the chandelier when you get down. Yeah, it, it's just like, <laughs> I honestly never put that together, ever. And I'm going... So I may not be able to travel as we talked about every six weeks, but what is that thing I can do? And so just those nuggets that you, that you're sharing and just as an educator and someone who is in the urban education system myself, I'm like, well, two things I need to call you on the side, but two is just awesome to just hear and to see and just the beauty of what happens when we are walking in what God has called us to. Mm -hmm. You don't have to flaunt it. You are just it. And it's captivating. And it has me literally sitting on the edge of my seat leaning in. And mm -hmm. if you can do that for me, listening and chatting up with you, I'm just excited because I know you have blessed the moms who are listening, which is wonderful. But I think about the people whose lives you are directly impacting. Yeah. And that excites me the most. I'm like, Lord, 
Ford, you are just doing it through Dr. Ford. I mean, it's, I'm excited. And I, I just appreciate you sharing all of this. I mean, as a wife, as a mom, as an entrepreneur, this whole thing has just, yeah, you know, lit my fire today. You, you know, lit me <laughs> Thank up. you. Thank you. How can we find you? If people want to speak, how can I wait? Well, how can I find you? Just tell me offline. <laughs> <laughs> and if people want to connect with you um, for speaking engagements or just to be your friend, because, you know, now we're besties. Um, <laughs> or find you, you, find you in um, the South suburbs of Illinois. You know, sure. how, where do people find you? So I would read, I am always available. Like if you check through the I Can Dream Center website, I get all those messages that go through there. I'm sorry, the um, social media. So Facebook, Instagram, or like, I, that's really the best way, the most efficient way, because I have a virtual assistant that's checking that a lot more consistently than any other medium. <laughs> so um, that's really the best way. We um, do a lot of on-site training. We are super excited that for our seventh year, we're moving and launching a brand new program. So we'll be having a fundraiser this upcoming April with a very ambitious goal of raising $107,000, um, 107, $107,000, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for uh, renovations and furniture and the move. And so we're excited and um, there's lots of good stuff on the horizon. Um, like I said, we also do lots of training and on-site development for schools and other organizations around serving this population. And it's a blessing. I wanted to say this, Kelly, to you, that um, I'm grateful uh, if I've been a blessing to uh, the families that I've been charged to serve. When I tell you that they have changed me so much, yeah. they've opened my eyes and expanded, expanded my vision about what I thought I could accomplish and raised the ceiling on what I thought um, was the limit for me for them and so um i'm grateful for the ways that i've been changed and i've grown as a result of um serving these families it's been a blessing thank god blessing. for you thank god for your work and um we just pray blessings over you and your continued um support of these families in the south suburbs of the city of chicago and um thank you for spending a little bit of your um, morning with us today Thank you, guys. It's been fun. Super fun. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Mom's Call to More podcast. Listen, our podcast grows when you share it with other women just like you. Screenshot an episode that blessed you and share it on your stories. Tag us. Leave a comment, rating, or review. All of it helps us grow and gets our message out there. You can find Kelly on Facebook and Instagram at Ministry and Mothering and me on Facebook at Mom's Call to More and on Instagram at The Deanna Mason. Want to include targeted prayers for your business into your morning or evening routine? Download my five daily prayers for mompreneurs in the show notes or go to refreshmoms.com forward slash prayers. Let's connect again soon, all right? Bye for now.